This episode of the Hard Men Podcast is brought to you by Salt and Strings Butchery in Southern Illinois. Salt and Strings Butchery is run by my friends Quinn and Samantha Bible and delivers high-quality meats right to your front door. You can order your meat bundle today by visiting saltandstrings.com or check the link in the show notes. Well, welcome to this episode of the Hard Man Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Eric Kahn, and we'll have a special guest in today's episode. We'll be talking with Mr. Matt Reynolds, owner of Barbell Logic. If you follow the show, you know Matt is my trainer. So I had the opportunity to sit down and interview him, and we're going to be talking about a number of things. At the top of that list, we'll be talking about Brian Liver King Johnson. That's right, we're talking Liver King and some really subprimal news this week. The Liver King himself, shocker, turns out that he was on steroids. And it's a little bit like finding out that wrestling is fake. I'm pro wrestling, right? When I was a kid, we watched WWF. We found out it was all fake. And uh, we didn't care because we knew it was fake from the beginning. So we're going to be talking about that as well as a, a couple of other things that this plays into in the influencer world on social media. Things like how do we spot charlatans? How do we define them? How do we avoid them? And then how do we think about as Christians the role that influencers play in our society? We probably need to be thinking more in depth about who we trust and how much time and attention we pay to certain people. And then finally, we're actually going to go through a couple of online accounts and we are going to just kind of name names and see who's fake, who's not. Maybe some people to avoid in the fitness world. I'm going to ask Matt about that. And then the last thing we'll do in this show is answer the question that really everybody has been asking uh, pretty much on every social media channel that I've seen uh, because of Liver King. Uh, and that is, is Mr. Hardman Podcast Natty? Is he all natural? And the reality is I've heard almost actually no one ask this question, but uh, you got to manufacture some hype. And so we're going to do that in this episode. We'll find out at the end. Is Mr. Hardman Podcast yours truly uh, Natty? And yes, I will refer to myself in the third person to honor the great Liver King, the charlatan and liar uh, that you should not be listening to, but we can laugh at. All right, sit back, buckle up, and enjoy this episode and interview with Matt Reynolds of Barbell Logic. Welcome to the Hard Men Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Eric Kahn, joined today by one of my favorite people, Mr. Matt Reynolds from Barbell Logic. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. That's a heck of an intro. Thanks, Yes, dude. it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, for those who don't know, who haven't been following the show, Matt's been doing my training. Somebody, Matt, on Twitter said that you called me a bag of milk, which never happened. That's in my hands. No, I did not call you a bag of milk. Actually, I'm really excited. I'm excited about your training. Your training is going well. And I told you, I think yesterday we were texting the last couple of days. I said, if you'll give me this is I'm going to I want to say this on your podcast so that they'll hold so that your listeners will hold you accountable. I said, if you'll give me 12 workouts in December and 12 workouts in January, I'll have you squatting 300 for reps and deadlifting 400. And so but I need 12 workouts per month. So that's three a week for four weeks, which is tough over the holidays and hunting season and all the stuff. So it's crazy, though, because when you think about it, like this whole concept of barbell training, which I've I've been a proponent on, I've tried to encourage people to get into. It's such a good picture of personal growth at all, because it's really about, you know, you got three workouts a week. Um, You're just incrementally increasing the load. 
Yep. And then before you know it, you, you are, like you said, you're over three, 400 pounds. I, it's interesting too. I, I wanted to ask you, as we get into the show, we're going to be talking about liver King and some other things, but one of the big takeaways I've had from the online coaching. Okay. In the beginning I thought, okay, online coaching, I've seen so many kind of fake online coaches yeah. that I was a little leery doing it. Sure. Um, the, the first couple I realized I was like, okay, Matt actually knows what he's talking about. Kind of to set up the show, just like, what's the difference between the guys who are for real and the guys who aren't online? Well, there's, there's two parts to this, and we'll get in deeper to like the ones that aren't for real, the charlatans that are out there, the liver kings yeah. that are out there. So in online coaching specifically, one of, one of the problems that we have is culturally just the term online coaching typically means online programming. I'm buying a program from somebody. I'm buying a template. I'm buying a cookie cutter yeah. And that might be $50 or it might be $100 or a couple hundred dollars for a 12-week program or something like that. But it's not coaching, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't say like, you know, you, you wouldn't get a strength and conditioning program from the Kansas City Chiefs and be like, hey, I'm, I'm getting football coaching and strength and conditioning coaching from the chief strength coach. Like, no, it's just, you just downloaded their workout. And oh, by the <laughs> yeah. way, you're not an NFL football player, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> and so the problem that I had primarily when I started online coaching years ago was that it wasn't actually coaching for, for, I don't think anybody at the time. And so for us, one of the primary values that we have or, or value propositions that we bring is that we actually coach, as you know. And so it's not, you're not, you certainly get your programming from me. Your programming is all personalized to you. We don't use any templates. That's not how we program. So it's specific to you. But the best part is, is then you have to video your lift, like the heaviest or the last set of squats or the heaviest or last set of deadlifts. And you've got to upload those to me. And then I break those down. So that creates all sorts of accountability. It helps with consistency. And then the thing that really, I, this is actually the other piece of this is that the program itself, here's the, here's the, <laughs> it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, man. So the real problem with online coaching is the vernacular of online coaching. What the culture calls online coaching is often just online programming. You're buying a template from a coach or from a company. And so you're paying for a cookie cutter program that's not really specified to you. And even if it is, so for the more expensive ones, so often those cookie cutter programs are going to cost like 50 bucks or something. And so um, even if you get a coach who programs specifically for you, I would argue that's still not coaching, that's programming. Coaching is about technique breakdown, right? When I was, a, I used to be a football coach, which I'm a little bit, not a football fan, haven't watched sports in 10 years. In my old age, uh, in my older days, I was, uh, I was a football coach. What do football coaches do? They coach technique. That's, that's what they do. And so same thing for strength coaches. Strength coaches coach technique. And so if you're not coaching technique, I would argue that you're not really coaching. And so one of the things that we did um, early on when I very first started um, online coaching was that I wanted to make sure that I actually broke down technique. So as you know, you definitely get programming from me. It's specific to you. We don't use templates at all. But the best part about it is, is that then you have to video yourself doing your heaviest lifts, your last set of squats or your heaviest set of squats, deadlifts, bench press, press, chin-ups, things like that. And then I break down that technique within 24 hours. Like, yeah, I actually do a screen recording. You can see yourself lift and hear my voice. A lot of our coaches actually do a little picture in picture. I do it at 4.30 in the morning. So I don't typically do picture in picture. You don't see me with bags under my eyes and drinking coffee, but I'm break, you know, I break down, <laughs> break down your videos. And that, what that does, is that brings a ton of accountability to the, to the training, to the coaching. And so, um, you know, the reality is, is that the program just doesn't matter as much as people think it does. It's a 
distant third behind uh, consistency and technique. And so again, coming back to the, I want you to give me 12 workouts in December and 12 workouts in January. That's the number one most important thing we can do. Number two, as those workouts progress, 24 workouts over the next two months, the technique is going to slowly get better. How does it get better if you're not coached? And I think a lot of people think they're doing it right. They're just not. And it's not, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like that's what a coach is for. I couldn't, I couldn't just show up and start a new sport. Like if I started, I don't play golf. If I started playing golf, I just started swinging clubs. I don't really know how to swing a golf club correctly. I need somebody to coach that. And so they could write me a program for going out and hitting golf balls. But if I'm hitting them wrong, I'm not getting any better. And so it's the same thing here with, with strength coaching. So yeah, we, we tighten up the form. We make sure you're doing the squats right and the deadlifts right and things. And then based on how hard, I, I, because I get to watch you do it, I can see how hard it is. I can be like, okay, we can easily go up five pounds. Or, you know, I've started to hound you. I'm like, I need, you need to get some 1.25s for the upper body because jumping five pounds is a big jump on like an overhead press. You go from 95 to 100, which is what you would do with 2.5s on each side. That starts to be a pretty big jump to 100 to 105 to 110 to 115. That starts to slow down. And so we need smaller jumps. And so uh, being able to see that technique as a, as a coach, I can, I can make the correct adjustments in the programming. So it's all comes full circle. And I can give you better, more efficient, more optimal programming because I'm actually coaching your technique. And so that's my biggest issue with the online coaching world is that the vast majority of people are selling, you know, these Instagram women are selling booty blaster workouts, you know, and the guys are doing, you know, Spartan 300 look like the guys from three. And it's just so. So then you start to cross over into one. The person's not coaching. The influencer is not coaching. And two is the thing they're selling. Does it actually work at all? And I think one of the things we saw with the liver king and with a lot of these influencers are they are enhanced in numerous ways. They're enhanced with performance enhancing drugs. They're enhanced with with plastic surgery. They're enhanced with uh, Photoshop. Uh, it's, you know, I got up this morning and on social media, everybody's posting their AI avatars. And it's it's just like what nothing's real. And so what we really want is we want as close to reality as we can get. And the advantage that online coaching gets you over in-person coaching is that it expands your pool of coaches and the coaches that expands their pool of potential clients. And so, you know, you're in Ogden, Utah, I'm in Springfield, Missouri. I can't coach you, but online I can. And so I have no idea what the what the topography looks like in Ogden for strength coaches, but I'm guessing it ain't great. And so, uh, you know, and then the other issue is, is the flexibility for you to be able to train when you want, where you want, anytime you want. You can train late at night at your house, you can train early in the morning. It doesn't have to fit in my schedule. You train in your basement. Those things are all really nice as opposed to having to, to lock up with my schedule and connect all the time. And so th- that to me, th- that's the big separator for online coaching versus what most people call online coaching, but is actually online programming. Yeah, I think it's really huge too. And I think the accountability piece, I've noticed it in my life, um, having the training, it really forces a certain level of leveling up, right? Where again, it goes back to that thing where everybody thinks they're doing a great job. I I was included in that. Um, We started the carnivore challenge a while back and, you know, me and Dan were kind of saying the same thing. Like we don't want to be one of these influencers where we don't actually live it. And one of the things I think that's helpful for men is having somebody in your corner who's for you. Like, you know, in all the coaching, all the training, you know, it's, we have fun. It's, it's a entertaining half the time, but, but it's like, okay, Matt's for me, but he's also the guy in my head saying, Hey, that's not quite right. You need to fix that. We need to work on this. Here's some things to try. And I would equate it to even for guys in, in terms of like, 
This is why you need a pastor. This is why you need for sure. Absolutely need men in your corner who know you and who can be honest with you um, so that you don't turn into sort of this online persona. And again, I don't want everybody to know me, but you got to pick your gang. You got to pick your guys and then, and then have people who, again, it's, it's that honesty. Um, And and it makes me wonder too, we transition now to, to liver King, Brian liver King Johnson. Um, It it makes me wonder, you, you know, all the dynamics behind how he got where he got, so this guy's been online really not that long, right? I think it was 2021. About a year. That he, yeah, he took off. Um, he starts producing social media. And then uh, I believe it was uh, More Plates, More Dates, right? Where recently you sent me the video and they were like, you were like, yep. they got him. Um, so I guess just walk me yep. a little bit through like what that video was. What was the big deal about it? Yeah, so I, I think the fitness industry, first off, you may be surprised to hear this. I, I hate the fitness industry. Mm. It's just, it's rife with um, charlatans and people who are care only about aesthetics and looks and nothing about performance or actually improving their quality of life. Bodybuilders, when they step on stage, they're as close to death as they could possibly be. They've been eating diuretics for days and no water and um, to try to get as... So for us, one of the things that we've tried to do is try to promote health and longevity improving quality of life and strength training should improve quality of life. But there is obviously a pendulum swing that strength training at all costs, strength training to be in the world's strongest man, to be a world champion power lifter would require a significant amount of sacrifice for anybody to make, including almost certainly performance enhancing drugs. And so what you end up with with somebody like the liver king um, is that the liver king has promoted sort of a paleo-like lifestyle, what he calls ancest- the ancest- ancestral tenants, right? The tenants of our forefathers. And most of those are fine, honestly, like most of the stuff. And by the way, I think he legitimately follows those. I mean, we saw this in the journalistic breakdown that, that Derek at More Plates, by the way, if you're not familiar with More Plates, More Dates, terrible name. As a matter of fact, Derek was on Joe Rogan on Saturday morning, I think, and he, he asked Joe if he should change the name because he started this um, years ago when he was just a kid, like 20 years old. Yeah. And it was kind of an idea. It was kind of a bodybuilding channel. And I think it was like how to get jacked and how to get women. And now he's turned into this foremost authority on pharmacological uh, performance enhancing drugs and, and things like that. So it's been really interesting. So as he's gotten older, uh, but the channel's massive on YouTube. Mm. And so Brian Johnson, Liver King, lived by these and promoted these ancestral tenants, and he is just yoked out of his mind. Like, if you look at this guy, it's not like he's in good shape. I mean, he is like ready to step on stage at a bodybuilding competition, like pretty much all the time. I mean, without minus the three days of diuretics, the guy literally could have done that. And he and he promoted the way he looked. He has a giant personality, you know, for those of you that are, you know, why would you eat vegetables when you can eat testicles, <laughs> you know, liver king out, you know, it's a lot of this like primal, you know, it's, it, it's, I think I saw you, I think you told me that the, it's very reminiscent of like Randy Macho Man yes. Savage and the WWE wrestlers of our childhood. Yes. I mean, is a huge personality, but that personality rose to fame because it was just so ridiculous. And the problem was. He really told everybody, you can look like him and you can live like him if you just follow the ancestral tenets. Now, I believe he follows the ancestral tenets, right? And they're things like move and sleep and train hard and eat, you know, mostly um, 
mostly meat and organ meats. Obviously, it's all sorts of organ meats and liver being the primary one. Um, and there's also stuff like, you know, his son's his nether regions, which I, I you know, I don't know. It's something I've never attempted. Uh, he talks about, you know, so there's parts of some of his stuff. He talks about getting sunlight. So he gets up every morning and he goes out and he's like, hey, let the sun in on your face and in your eyes and not through sunglasses and stuff like that. It helps set your circadian rhythm. And I think there's a lot of like logical. I don't know that, that we have really good empirical evidence for that, but it's pretty it's pretty good. But I don't know that sunglasses are a psyop. Right. So at some point you can kind of go like, OK, this makes sense. But, at, you know, so it's like, OK, get sun on your face and in your eyes and we're all vitamin D deficient. So we need more sun. Yes. Sunglasses are a psyop. Uh, I don't know. To sun your taint. Uh, OK, hold on. Like, you know, at some point you just cross the line. Yeah, that's right. And then he all <laughs> so I'm like, I'm probably not probably not going to do that. Probably not. And so. I don't even know where I could do that and not go to prison. <laughs> so I, I uh, so anyway, the guys live in his tenants. But the problem was he was constantly asked by podcasts and other people that interviewed him. Do you use performance enhancing drugs? And he, I mean, vehemently denied not only not using them, but ever use. I've never used them ever in my entire life. I've never used performance enhancing drugs. I've never used testosterone. I've never used. And lo and behold, Derek for more plates, more dates gets sent the original emails that that Brian Liver King Johnson sent his bodybuilding coach where he just flat out lays out exactly all the performance anti drugs he's on. And so, um, yeah, you can't look like Brian Liver King Johnson uh, if all you do is eat organ meats and testicles and and meat. Uh, you're going to need some performance anti drugs along the way. And oh, by the way, he also probably has amazing genetics and you're also not going to look like him even if you use the same performance anti drugs. And so there's lots of issues here. One of the problems are um, the the actual testosterone that he was using is actually a very therapeutic dose. It wasn't it wasn't over the top. It was the kind. It was almost certainly you can look at the dosage and go, okay, this has been prescribed by an actual doctor. So the guy's not getting it out of the back of you know some Toyota at the gym. <laughs> and so uh, he's actually getting this stuff prescribed. And you're like, okay. Uh, and there were a few other performance anti drugs in there, things like Winstrol that. I'm very surprised a doctor would prescribe, but the guy's rich and rich people have access to doctors that will prescribe them whatever. This is why these movie stars that, you know, go decide to be Thor can make such a dramatic transformation in their body. Like, I think most of those movie stars are getting actual prescriptions from doctors. So it's not illegal. That's not really the question. The question is more about morality. And so this guy, I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with this guy. He's in his mid forties, taking taking a little bit of testosterone from his doctor or whatever the doctor decided to prescribe. However, there's two other issues here. One is the n- amount of growth hormone this guy was a on. A lot, right? Was more. Oh my dude, I mean a lot, a lot. So we're talking about it was fifteen thousand dollars a month in growth <laughs> hormone, and we're talking. To put that into perspective, the amount of growth hormone, I mean, it's it's more or equal to what the Mr. Olympia competitors take, which are the biggest, scariest, you know, the Ronnie Coleman's yeah. of the world, the giant, giant, giant dudes. And so um, and in case anybody, I'm sure everybody that listens to your podcast is that all the Mr. Olympia competitors are using enough performance enhancing drugs to kill a racehorse. Oh, yeah. All of them. So you're like, nope, my uncle told me that. No, you're wrong. They're all that's they're on massive performance. So he's on a ton of growth hormone to drive up his IGF-1, his growth factor. There are lots of problems or side effects that one of the things that growth hormone does is it gives you, um, it, it, get, it creates some joint edema. 
And so at small dosages, it makes you feel better. By the way, I have no, I've never taken it, so I don't, I don't have any idea, but this is what I've read. I've read. So it makes your joints feel a little bit better. But at really high dosages, the joint edema is so much that it supposedly like really hurts your fingers and hand, like the joints in your body start to hurt because there's so much swelling around the joint. Huh. It is also, though, growth hormone is the only um, drug, I think, with so- solid empirical evidence to show that it, um, it, it, it actually has collagen synthesis. So it actually helps build tendons and ligaments and performance enhancing drugs don't do that. So testosterone doesn't do that. It build muscle, but it doesn't, it doesn't improve uh, collagen synthesis and growth hormone does. And that's the reason why people like Sylvester Stallone uses it because of collagen, it makes your skin look younger. Like it synthesizes your skin. So your skin doesn't look like an old person's. You continue to resynthesize your skin and collagen in your skin. And so your skin stays tight. And your skin looks great. And you're 78 years old. And you're like, man, it looks like a young, young person. So anyway, uh, he's using a lot of performance enhancing drugs. And then, of course, the other massive, the most important issue here is that the guy just lied about it. And he, he didn't just lie about it, but he doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down and just continued to make the lie bigger and bigger and louder and eventually was caught in it. And and Derek does such a good job of really journalistic integrity on on his uh, on his site that, that you just can't you, you couldn't argue it. And so within about 36 hours, Liver King came out and released his own apology video where he he mostly t- he certainly took ownership of it. He sort of tried to spin it a little bit about, hey, this is about anti-suicide and I struggle with depression as well. And when I talk about, I'm trying to help people with depression and what I'm really talking about is me. And so there was a little bit of that, um, you know, just victim mentality, just a tad. And, um, and I understand what was going on. Listen, he's, you know, (laughs) you're in a bad situation. You're backed into a corner. And so it probably would have just been best to say, Hey, I lied, screwed up real bad. You know, I effed up, which is what he said. Um, and just left it at that. And so, um, but it, I think it creates a great conversation for us to have today about he's a perfect picture microcosm of what we see in the fitness world in, of charlatans. And I think one of the things that I, I told you is that I see an incredible connection here to cult leaders, to cults, mm. the, this idea of what's, of what's going on. So anyway, I'll, I'll turn it over to you for a second and see what, you, what are your thoughts there? both about him and kind of the connections you see. Yeah. I, you know, one of the most interesting things that he said was like, this is a social experiment. Um, it, it almost to me feels like I going back to the thing about wrestlers. It almost feels like this is an act. Like he, he was like, I'm trying to yeah. use this to draw attention to ancestral eating. And in a lot of ways it, it's worked. It's been like almost a joke. I mean, I was kind of laughing because uh, like Tanner Guzzi, he had on here, he said, being pissed that liver King isn't natural is like throwing a fit when you find out the magician doesn't actually cut his assistant in half. Yeah. So it was funny because like pretty much everybody I talked to that followed him, it it was kind of a joke. Uh, We, we, everybody, we would make the primal jokes with each other. Uh, You know, pastor Dan, if if I did something he, he thought was kind of effeminate, he'd be like subprimal. Uh, so right. it, it was, it was like this big joke, but it, it's also interesting because it wasn't, it wasn't, um, he's also yeah. got a lot of people believing that, you know, I think Sean Baker was making fun of him for this, but he's like, I can't get jacked by eating testicles. Dang it. <laughs> right. Um, but I think there were a lot of people who actually bought into a lot of this. And I think, you know, one of the questions that that's being asked is like, 
does it hurt the integrity of his brand if you know that he's been lying? And then so you would ask the question like, well, what other things is he lying about? But I, I guess one of the questions that I want to ask you that I've really thought about a lot during the midst of this is, should we trust people like this who lie to us? Like we know they're lying. We knew he was lying from the beginning, sure. but yet somehow people are eating this up. And I, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of wondering why, why do we eat it up like yeah. that? Because people want to know the secret answer. Yes. Right. And so there is, there is yeah. this deal with charlatans that, and again, they point this out in the video in the more plates, more dates video that charlatans pretend they either pretend to have a, an expert skill that they don't actually have, right? Or they are mali- a malicious trickster out for personal gain. And I think that's number two is really Liver King's primary. The guy made what he claims is a hundred million. He's got a hundred million dollars worth of companies that are really f- founded in ancestral type supplements. So, I mean, he sells like desiccated liver and you know, if you if you don't like eating organ meat, you can you can take the pills for organ meats and and all these sort of things. Right. And so that's the real problem. The problem is you're selling this thing that's based on this giant character cult of personality for personal gain to make money. And in the end, the thing that you're selling is you're like, you can be like me if you'll do these things. Well, that but that was a lie. You can't be like him if you do those things. And it's not just, I mean, I have a huge problem with cult of personality in general in the, in the fitness industry, but the fact that the guy's making hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, certainly millions and millions of Whatever dollars it is, yeah. off of that lie is a even greater problem. And so it's, it really creates a problem. So the simple answer is, of course, you shouldn't trust the liars when you know, when you know there's liars. There are a lot of bodybuilders out there these days, and I'm, I'm not into the bodybuilding you know, subculture. Um, but they use, I mean, fake plates are easy these days. They've got a lot of bodybuilders that use fake plates. Really? And, or, oh yeah. And so, and you, yeah, you can just search this on YouTube and there's several specific ones that have huge followings that clearly are using fake plates. And so I think most of those guys, the personal gain that they have out of that, they're not running a hundred million dollar companies. They're just trying to build up their popularity. Maybe they're trying to sell some programs. Maybe they're trying to get sponsorship from supplement companies things like that. And I still have a huge problem with it. But at the point that you're, you know, the one of the things that occurred here with liver King is this was a hundred percent planned out from the beginning. The guy had a, everything was drawn out meticulously on the business plan and it really worked. I mean, the guy's obviously a great business guy. Yeah, He's just a liar. And so he's, <laughs> you know, so he's a charlatan and there's more of those out there. And, and, you know, they mentioned guys like Joel Seedman and, you know, the fitness industry is just rife with these people, you know, Again, I can I can talk about from a cultural standpoint, how many of these cult leaders are crazy? I know what you think about over the course of time and how many of them are just truly charlatans. And I think most of them are truly charlatans, but I do think some are crazy. And I think the fitness industry is the same way. So there is actually like who's legit. And there's some a lot of legit people out there. And then there's some that they really believe their stuff, but their stuff's nuts. And then you've got guys like. Joel Seedman and the liver King who are just charlatans are just liars. And no, we shouldn't trust, we shouldn't trust them at all. And that doesn't mean that you have to throw all the baby out with the bathwater. But I think a lot of this stuff that liver King promotes is totally fine. Again, it's just, but the problem is there, there are other people promoting it that are not charlatans. Again, you know, you've got guys like Paul Saladino and, and Sean Baker carnivore type guys. And by the way, 
I think both those guys might be just a little bit on the edge of the crazy. They're just a little bit nuts. They're fine, right? (laughs) But I think they're completely honest and I think they completely believe what they're saying. And by the way, I think they also may be right. I just don't fully know yet. I think, you know, another 20 years we'll have much better idea of this stuff. And so, you know, you can usually find the thing that Liver King did and a lot of the charlatans do is they were like, I have this special revelation. I I have the secret. This is it. This is what you've been waiting for. The ancestral tendency. And then people see it and they, they hate their life. And they hate their job and they go to work in a cubicle and they come home and sit on the couch and watch Netflix. And they're like, wait, I could just do this, walk around barefoot outside and sun my taint and <laughs> and eat livers and testicles. And I'm going to look like this guy. That looks awesome. Let's do that. Right. And so then they spend money. Well, and then they start to eat, by the way, then they start to eat organ meat. And they're like, I hate organ meat, which first off, organ meat's delicious. I don't understand why people hate organ meat, but I think it's great. But so then they they're like, well, I don't want to eat the organ meat. So I'll buy the organ meat supplements from the liver king. And so now they spend all this money on the liver king supplements and then come to find out this guy was just lying to you the whole time. And he was taking tons of drugs to do the thing. So, man, it's a it's a it's a spiral of depravity, right? This it's a I told you this cult of personality is a seductive mistress, whether you are a charlatan or not. And I think it's the biggest problem that we see in the fitness industry is the cult of personality is that you get this fame and it spirals out of control. And so, um, you know, and I I think it also creates some real danger with you having to compete with all the other personalities to be the biggest personality and to continue to drive. And so it's that it's the it's the influencer, that influencer world. It's like the it's like a seeker sensitive church that always has to do more. Right. And so it's like, oh, you know, it's like big giant Christmas party, laser light shows. Now we got to land helicopters on the stage. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you're like, it's not about Jesus at all. And so, and these influencers get in the same sort of thing. They have to come up with bigger and bigger and greater ideas. And my idea has to be better than all these other influencers so I can continue to drive up my popularity. And so it becomes very difficult when you're in a cult of personality to continue to stay the, the true course. And I think Again, I, I actually do want to give this Liver King, I, I do want to give him a little bit of benefit of doubt. I mean, the guy's obviously worked hard, he's a good businessman. He's obviously incredibly disciplined in his, in his personal life, his physical life. Like a lot of those things are there. Um, but man, the thing got away from him. And I don't know if he was planning on being a charlatan from the very beginning. I, you know, it sort of kind of looks that way uh, as, he, as he walked through this meteor, meteoric rise. Um, but uh, gosh, that's that's the seductiveness of, you know, that's the that's the snowball. And just like you said, that's why we have to have good accountability. We got to have pastors. We got to people to disciple us. We got to have coaches because so in the fit in the in the strength world, we have a thing called form creep, mm. form creep. It's like you could come and see me. Let's say I fly out to see you and, and I coach you in person one time and I'm not let's say I'm not online coaching you and then I don't see your form for three months. And then like once a quarter, I come out and see you. Well, I can fix your squat perfectly and your deadlift perfectly in that first session. And we'll do a couple sessions together over a weekend. And three months later, I'm like, dude, this doesn't look like what I taught you at all. It just slowly form creeps away. Right. And I think the same thing can happen in our, in our spiritual life for sure. That when you're, you don't have accountability there, then this creep comes in. And if we think, if I think about the most sinful times of my life, and listen, I've had some times that were awful. Um, you know, we, we, my wife and I were kind of celebrating 10 to 12 years ago, we were in a terrible place and I didn't just wake up one morning and be there like that, that little snowball of sin is seductive and it slowly 
rolls down the hill and you don't notice that it's coming. And it's pretty soon the things that used to convict you don't convict you at all. And it's the deeper, worse things. And then those don't convict you. And then it's even worse things. And so I think the same thing happens with these influencers. I think they start to get a little taste of fame and they just want to keep that 15 minutes and drive it as much as they can. And so, yeah, that's a huge part of it too. I think it's the, uh, like you said that, you know, when you go to places like Instagram and Twitter, uh, TikTok is probably the same deal. Um, you do something crazy, you get attention or you say something crazy, but then the next time you have to say more and then everybody keeps Correct. ratcheting up the game. We sort of notice this and, you know, we, we even talk about it with new Christendom press and the guys like, Hey, we need to make sure that we're saying true things. Not, not just cause we're trying to create shock jock value, but we're, we're saying yep. true things and we're sticking to our guns and, you know, we're fighting defensible ground and all those things. Uh, something that's really interesting to me that, that you've been talking about, and I was thinking about the early church, is Gnosticism. So Gnosticism always claims to have a secret knowledge. And yep. it was one of the early heresies that had to be dealt with. First uh, John deals with it, um, but a lot of the early church councils deal with it as well. So it, it's not new in the human condition that people are after some sort of secret knowledge. And, and I think this gets to a big part of it is that you know, like I was thinking about, you know, the whole doing barbell logic, doing the coaching with you in a way it's very unsexy. And what I mean is it's like, very, you just show up every day and yeah. you do the work and there's no, like yeah. Matt's not giving you like, Oh, do you want to know the secret to deadlifting? Right. The secret to deadlifting is stop being an idiot and work on your form and we'll slowly increase yep. weight. Right. So it's, it's just showing up every day, doing the work. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was watching an Instagram video, uh, I think it was Andrew Tate and he was talking about how they were like, Andrew, what's the secret to motivation for you as a man? And he was like the secret to motivation. And he, he got all, you know, pissed off. And he was like, listen, man, yeah. he's like, do you want to know what it is to be a man? He said, you show up when you don't feel like it. I almost never feel like working out, but you show up, yeah. you do the hard work. That's what being a man is only doing the things that you feel like that's, that's being a boy. So then you, that's then right. you tie the thing to the Gnosticism. And I look at a lot of these accounts and it's like, they're all, they always have to claim like, oh, we have this secret way of squatting. Mm. There's this secret way yep. of squatting that nobody's ever known about. And if you do this way of squatting, you're just going to blow up. And then you look at all the people who are participating in the coach and you're like, I don't know, you look pretty normal. You don't look any better right. than anybody else. You're not squatting right. more than anybody else. Um, but it, it really is this like this secret knowledge. So one other question I want to ask you, how do you... Like you've been doing this for a while. There's the tried and true methods for weightlifting. Maybe that's yep. a good place to start is, but the question is, how do you vet these guys? How do you, how are you yep. looking at them and saying, okay, this guy's for real. This guy's not, you mentioned like a Sean Baker. He, he, from what I can tell, like some of the stuff's good. Some of the stuff I'm like, I, I've heard people ask the same question about him. Like, sure. He looks like he's way too jacked at his age that it's only meat. Yeah. Uh, he claims he's not doing TRT, not doing anything. Yeah. Again, how do you, how do you vet these guys? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the first point is tried and true methods, right? Mm -hmm. um, so our, our, we're 1689. It's, it's been around for a while. And so it's stood the test of time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think the same way we sort of vet that in church and worship songs in, we're very careful to, you know, if we sing a worship song that was written in the last year or two, it better be straight scripture. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
it's like that's it's and so i think in the fitness world it's the same thing that you've got these guys that have come around some of the earliest uh strength coaches you were guys like bill Starr, and that's where you get the five by five method that's what strong lifts came out of that's what starting strength came out of that's what we came out of and by the way there's a family tree there there's a big family tree that will that you can walk through from my company and other companies alan thrall and and Barbell Medicine and those guys that all kind of go back to Bill Starr. And, and you know, he's at the York Barbell Club as they're discovering stuff. A hundred, he's not there a hundred years ago, but York Barbell was. And so it stood the test of time. I think that's the, that's the number one thing. Now, with technology, do we have new things that can come out that we can apply to those tried and true methods? Like we know that before there was ever steroids, in the early 60s, mid 50s, let's say, before they really, before they were ever invented, we could see what type of lifting made guys change, change their bodies the most. And it was the heavy squats and the heavy deadlifts and the heavy presses with full range of motion, right? Heavy weights. And so you can start to add on these other things like performance enhancing drugs, which I would not do, um, or newfangled technologies. But if you take away the foundational thing that has worked for so long, I think it's got to raise a red flag, right? So for years, I remember like Bruce Lee would wear the, um, like the Russian stem, you know, like, and so he'd put it on his pecs and it would like, if you've ever (laughs) had like a stem machine at a chiropractor's or something, it's like, oh, it's like doing 20,000 pushups. It's not, in fact, (laughs) because there's no range of motion. It's right. And so, and I get it. Like maybe he believed it. He probably did believe it. I don't know that he was a charlatan, but it's, it's just this new fandangled thing. So, you know, we've got some stuff that we use. It's a, we're, we're, we feel like we're on the cutting edge of technology with, with coaching again, being able to coach you from anywhere in the world. Uh, we use velocity meters sometimes on our barbells so we can measure the velocity, the speed of the bar. And, uh, and that gives us just an extra data point an objective data point. But I think as people start to come out with these new ideas that are again, special revelation, this is, you know, there was a day where there was a kid who said that this angel Moroni came down and gave him these tablets <laughs> and it was a special revelation. And all of a sudden it creates this cult. And that same kid got caught banging his housekeeper behind the hay in the, in the, in the barn and said, I've got another special revelation that polygamy is okay now. <laughs> and it's like, well, special revelation makes things real easy because as soon as you go against the grain, you're just like, well, I just received special revelation. And so you know, there is this thing, this tried and true method, like what has worked for a long time has got to be where we start. And so there are certainly arguments within the fitness world of, of from really great strength coaches about the types of squat is a high bar squat or a low bar squat better than the other. And the reality is, it's like, I can get in that argument too, but it's, we're talking about a one to 5% difference. We're not talking about this type of squat is 100% better or 50% better than the other stuff. And so when someone starts with the basic foundational sort of orthodoxy and they just try to continue down that path, I think that's a good place to go. When they scrap all the orthodoxy and they say, I've come up with this thing that's unlike anything else, that, that should be a massive red flag and maybe more than red flag. It should tell you right away this person either a is a charlatan because they don't have the expertise they say they have, or two, they know they're full of crap. And so that's the first place I'd start. And, um, you know, and then the other thing is I would look at what is the, what is the goal of the message they're trying to preach? And so number one, um, what are they selling? 
very simple. Um, what are they trying to get you? Like if they have this special thing that requires a special piece of equipment or supplements or a thing you have to buy that no one else can provide, that's a problem, right? And then two, maybe what they're selling more than anything is they're selling fame to themselves. And so one of the things I've, I've tried to, and listen, I've felt this, I feel this draw. But one of the things that I hope that you've noticed over the last couple of months of working with you is that Barbell Logic is built on Barbell Logic, not on Matt Reynolds. Mm. I don't want it to be about me. It's this cult of personality. Man, I could screw up. I could die tomorrow in a car accident. If I do, and I've built this company the way it was supposed to be built on the brand and the people and not me, then it continues and we get to continue to help people. But any cult of personality, these big cult of personalities, even the ones that are not charlatans, even the ones that are true experts that are built on their name and their name alone, the only value in the thing is their name. And so when they go away, it dies. And so for us, I think it was important that as we started to support more and more coaches, more and more staff and staff of 80 and you know, over a thousand online coaching clients, another 300 academy students, I thought, man, this is a lot to, this is a lot of pressure to put on my shoulders that if all of a sudden I, I do something stupid and screw up or I get hurt or I die or whatever, it all goes away. Like I'm, you know, so would it be great to be famous? I guess. I mean, like, do I feel some of that pull? Sure. But as I get older, I'm like, man, you know what I really like to do? I'd like to build a really good business that supports lots of families and changes lots of lives. And so when you start to see the motivation behind what people do, and I think there are great people, others out there that are not us, that by the way, if we talk about them here in a minute, I've never done this on a show. I'm going to have to tell you some of my biggest competitors and say they're fine. They're good. And they are. And so, um, you know, I think there's, there's good people out there. So I think you look at that motivation. What are they selling? And are they sticking to the tried and true methods? And then just, and then just trying to create minor tweaks or minor, like good discussions along the line of how we can best apply those tried and true methods in a way that's most effective. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. You know, we've said that even with the church model, uh, that we're trying to advocate to through the King's hall and stuff is saying, is this principle new? And if it is, we're pretty leery of it. Sort of like the, yep. you look at the eighties and you're like, uh, jazzercise and low fat. Hmm. That's right. Um, yeah. we're going to, we're going to sit on this one. We're going to see what happens. We're not going to jump into that, but I also think it, you know, you look at the influencer market. I was reading a little bit about this and it really took off, um, like 2010, I think was Instagram somewhere sure. in there. So I was a little surprised, Matt, because I was looking at it and I was going, this actually hasn't been around that long. Now, it has certainly not. we've had, you know, you know, since the fifties, they've been trying to use John Wayne to sell, you know, products or whatever it is. Of course. Um, but I think the rate of change in the last 10 years has been astronomical. And I think particularly with young people. So they've characterized our, the latest generation to hit college with iGen. And um, they said that the key marker with them is that they got the iPhone in 2007. And you and I yep. can look back and I, you know, I was telling my kids the other day about, you know, growing up and they're like, dad, what, what, what was it like to do with smartphones in high school? And I was like, buddy, I didn't even have a flip phone. Okay. Let me tell you how awesome it was to be able to go away and go play with your friends and your parents had no way to get a hold of you. They had no way. It was just it was like, awesome. you came back. That's what it was. You came back when you came back. At dark. All your That's dumbest right. comments were not immortalized on some website That's somewhere right. for people to, to find them. But, but it's brought up a couple of things with me too and saying like, okay, for the influencers, you, you got to be careful on that. But I think there's a way too where we can guard ourselves and we can say, listen, why does the influencer thing work, especially with charlatans? Well, I think number one, because 
everybody's chasing novelty, which we've said. I think a lot of people, we just have this innate thing where we want a shortcut again, tied to the special knowledge and saying, well, you know, what's the thing? There was an article years ago. It was about Amazon, but the guy called it the false first step. And he said, this is why Fitbit and stuff like this exists. Cause people are like, I want to be fit. So the first thing I need to do is I need to buy a watch. And if I had that watch, then I would be fit. And the reality is no. Years ago, I was doing like triathlon training. And uh, one of the guys told me, he's like, you don't need any of the fancy stuff. He's like, the reality is it's all about showing up every day to do the work, get a piece of paper, write down your workouts and just shut up and stop trying to buy things. But, but I think in a consumer culture, that's the other thing. If, if we could just buy our way to success, circumventing discipline, um, then somehow things would be easier, which of course it, it doesn't work that way. Well, and they would be easier, right? And so, but it doesn't work that way, right? So one of the main things we say at Barbell Logic is you talk about our content, we talk about our coaching. It's simple, hard, effective. Mm. There's nothing sexy about that. There's nothing interesting. It's just simple. Hard. It's simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy, mm. right? It's simple and hard. And people want to do this combination of either sim- like they want to do simple and easy, but simple and easy is not effective. Or sometimes they want to do complicated and hard. By the way, complicated is also seductive. And another way that a lot of these cult of personalities will drive, like, because content is king and you have to make content today. Um, I do think that the, the era of the influencer that doesn't make content, the Kardashians, the Paris Hiltons, that is going to go away yeah. because, you know, it's just like they're just people are it's, it's like watching a train wreck. And at some point, people are going to get sick of the train wreck. <laughs> Uh, so content is king. And so if you're making content that has to be better or compete with the rest of the world, then creating something that is complicated. If you're selling a program, here's the deal. Let's be honest. How much money is my program worth to you? It shouldn't be worth very much because if you haven't figured it out already, like you could stop coaching for me and you could continue that program for a long time and make progress because the program's not where the money is. Because what I'm really doing is coaching you then the money is in the coaching. Like that's the value. The value is in the coaching. And so if instead what I'm doing is I'm just selling programming, I need to sell complicated programming because if you figure it out, you'll fire me and quit paying for the program. Right. And so that concept of simple, hard, effective is really key. And I think you've got a lot of still, there's still a lot of people out there, even beyond us that are doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And I would say about the coaching too. So I, I had used apps in the past and um, I was like, well, you know, they've got, you know, Barbell Logic's got an app. I'm sure it's the same thing. But yeah, you're right. It, it really comes down to, I would say, like the form coaching, the accountability, and then having, um, you know, just a real world person who can yeah. adjust things. It's a relationship for you. Yeah. In yeah. relationship. And it is funny. Like you had mentioned this, I think, when we talked before, but I was like, no, nah, how much accountability could having to video the third set be? And, you know, when that third set comes, I'm like, I better be on my game because Matt, That's right. nothing is going to get by this guy. And I'm going to hear about yeah, it. Probably, and I don't want to hear about it. That's right. And you probably, I've heard this from other clients. Sometimes you sandbag a little on set two because you're like, well, he does. He not, he's not going to see that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so I'm like, I know, I know what you're doing, but you still got to do set two. And then you get to set three. You're like, now you're going to turn and now you're fatigued. So even if you sandbagged a little bit. I got to see it. Right. So yeah, you're right. It works. It works great. So Matt, I want to transition. You had mentioned this. We're, we're going to go through some kind of influencers 
And um, one of the interesting things, uh, so I've been in the journalism world, media world, professionally, and then just personal stuff as well. But it's really interesting to me. One of the things that people have always said, they're like, the internet's great because it gives a voice to everybody. And I always think, and the internet is horrible because it gives a voice to everybody. That's right. Um, One of the problems that I've seen is you can have guys who get really popular. um, And the one I was thinking of is Michaela Peterson, which she was kind of the intro. She was hosting Jordan B. Peterson's podcast forever. I don't know what she's doing now. But but it really was interesting because, you know, she started pushing this carnivore um, all meat diet. And, you know, I'm obviously on that, uh, a version of that carnivore. I really enjoyed it. But it did make me think, what credibility, like what, what credentials do you have to be pushing this? And a lot of times you'll have influencers who do or don't. Um, and then yep. you have whatever they're teaching or people, maybe they're a great teacher, but they actually don't know what they're talking about. Um, so I kind of wanted to start there. No, number one, Joe Rogan. Um, he, he's obviously into fitness. I, I benefited from some of the things he said. I don't know all the things he said. Sure. I've heard a lot of people say, look, I'm pretty sure Joe is on growth hormone or something. No, he says he is. He, okay. He is and says and says so. He's on TRT and growth hormones. So, so those two things. Hence the, hence the big gut for sure. Yeah. So yeah, you want to know about him? I mean, he's he's great. He's fine. He's fine. The thing I like about Joe is that Joe gives a platform to other to other experts mm-hmm. in all sorts of fields. Um uh, and that's why his podcast is so popular is because the guy will talk to anybody and across, you know, and so I don't, you know, I listen to his podcast quite a bit, but I don't listen to the comedians and I don't listen to the MMA stuff because I don't care. But if, if there's somebody that's important, that's in the political realm or social realm or fitness realm, like, yeah, I, I tend to listen to it. And he gives a, but he's a great example, as is Michaela Peterson of people who don't have any expertise in this. They only have personal experience mm. and there is value in personal experience, right? So yeah. That's right. And so, you know, Michaela's got a story and she had all sorts of like, I don't know, she believes um, allergic reactions, all sorts of food, and she eventually cut everything out, but meat and it brought her out of depression and all this sort of stuff. And like, again, who am I to say that that wasn't your experience? I, I don't think she's a charlatan. I think she's a little bit crazy. I think she's one that's like, yeah, it's, it's you know, yeah. it's fine. And so, um, you know, she doesn't have expertise or education in this field. She doesn't have experience in this long-term coaching type experience in this field. She only has personal experience and personal experience is valuable, but it's just one of, it's one of the inputs that we would use uh, to say like, okay, does it lend credibility? So I wouldn't give a ton of credibility to Michaela and the way she eats or even Joe and the way he trains. He's a big kettlebell guy. It's fine, but it's not, it's hard to titrate up kettlebells. The guy's in great shape. So, you know, Hey, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, it's stuff like Joe does a lot of stuff that makes you feel good you know, the, the cold baths and, and the, and the saunas. And I love all that stuff. I don't know if it actually fixes anything. Uh, and I think he's pretty open about, you know, he doesn't really know if they do either. So that, that's a good, those are two huge names, but I think those are both, most of what they speak is about personal experience and not because obviously they have any education in the field. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, so let's move on. We've got, uh, we talked about him, but Derek from more plates, more dates. Uh, what are your thoughts there? He's brilliant. Um, you know, it's listen for people that listen. I don't watch a lot of his videos has got horrendous language. There's there's going to be a hundred F-bombs in every video he he posts <laughs> just on like YouTube. Joe Rogan. So just just yeah, disclaimer there. Um, no, he if you're if 
and I and I'm just don't care about the about the PED world very much. Mm. It's just not interesting to me. There was a time when it was. And by the way, for to full transparency, I was a professional strongman for years. I used performance enhancing drugs. I mean, that's and I've never, you know, I've never said I didn't. Um, you know, it's caused probably in a later life in my 40s to need to be on prescription based testosterone from my doctor because I used too much when I was an idiot kid. And if I go back and do it and change, change it, I would. But, I, you know, it's nothing I can do now. So um, I, I think with uh, because that's the world that Derek lives in where he's trying to break down, you know, what MMA fighters are on or what The Rock is taking or things like that. Uh, I'm not super interested in that stuff, but he does have some really good. I mean, if you want to, if you want to know, and as well as totally legal over the counter type, um, he doesn't just talk about performance enhancing drugs from a, from a um, anabolic state, but also um, also things that would that could be performance enhancing drugs from a mental clarity state. You know, things like modafinil or things like that. He might talk about as well. So he's got some interesting stuff, and he's got a good education, a good background. The guy's obviously brilliantly smart. He's got an IQ of probably 150. Smart guy. And he's just uh, good at what he does. Is yeah. he uh, Is he on PEDs? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he says as well. I think he's um, he's been a competitive bodybuilder. Although you, you can see if you watch his videos from a couple of years ago, he was way bigger and way more jacked. And because he's moved more into the longevity side, I think whatever he might be taking, and, I, and because I don't watch it enough, um, I would say he would only be taking, I, I really believe he would only be taking therapeutic doses doses dosages there we go from uh prescribed from a doctor and so yeah he's significantly smaller than he used to be he doesn't look like he's a competitive bodybuilder anymore if you look again he was on joe rogan podcast just a couple days ago and uh you know he looks like a like a lean jacked healthy guy that's not overboard yeah no that's helpful and i think one of the reasons people are interested in this um uh, like who's on what I, I noticed this with like men's health for a long time you'd have um you know, it'd be like, do the Zach Efron workout. You too. You know, right. it's, it's funny because actually in Salt, he's on a ton of he's on Salt a ton Lake of City. Um, Mark Twite is the guy who's training a lot of these guys. That you mentioned yep. Colt, and it's funny because Mark Twite's gym is called Jim Jones, G Y M Jones. Yeah, and I'm like, yep. that's kind I'm of that's kind of interesting. But the whole thing is like, you'd read it and they'd be like, you do this workout, and you too can look like this. And I remember uh, right. Dorian Yates was the one I think who said it and he was like, listen, you don't put 30 pounds of muscle on in six weeks unless you're nope. on something just not possible. So I, yeah. I think for people right. giving, that would be a good thing is like giving more realistic expectations. Um, for sure. You know, again, football players, same thing, man, that guy's running like a two, two forty. How'd he do it? He's <laughs> just got like not possible. He's got good genes. Yeah. yeah you know, things like vertical jumps, you yeah. can't really improve. Most people don't know this, you know, you really can't improve that more than really? about 10%. Like Off you genetics. can train it. Yep. Yep. So I could take you, you could do a vertical jump and we could test you today. And then I could train you for vertical jump and I could teach you all the right form for a vertical jump. And I get your legs as strong 10%. as we can, but that's really a genetic, it's a genetic power output thing. And that's why these guys that are in the, that's why they go to the NFL combine because NFL combine tests for genetic freakiness. Yeah. You can't take any drug. Like you could take all the drugs in the world, performance in drugs and your vertical jump is not interesting, up, which is interesting. That's Isn't very that interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on to guys that um, I've listened to, you've recommended some of it. Um, and I think are pretty popular. You got Peter Atia and Andrew Huberman. Yeah. I put some of these guys at the top of the list. I think in my opinion, I think Peter Atia is the mm -hmm. top of the game right now. I think he doesn't care about being an influencer. 
I think he really cares about longevity. Now, listen, the guy's human. We're all depraved. He might let me down. I don't know. Right. But this guy is highly educated. He's a doctor. He actually knows what he's talking about. And he focuses on longevity and improving quality of life. I love what Peter Tia. I've been listening to Peter Tia for years. He used to be on Tim Ferriss podcast many really? years ago. Was early in the, yeah, was early in like the ketogenic world, which he's not really into now, but tested a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, taking even exogenous ketones to drive your body into ketosis faster and things like the guy's just really smart and he's tested everything. He's, he's driven by data. He's excellent. Uh, Huberman is also super smart, also a phenomenal educator, puts out high quality content. Both these guys have great podcasts. They've been on each other's podcasts. I think Huberman is 10% crazy. <laughs> and this is just Matt Reynolds saying this. So he might not be. And what I mean by that is he's definitely not a charlatan. I think he's 100% authentic. Um, Maybe a better way to say it is this. So Huberman is very much on the cutting edge of science when it comes to performance. And I'm talking about everything, sleep and training performance and endurance and sexual performance, everything like the guys on the cutting edge. When you're on the cutting edge of that crazy, a large percentage, well, a large percentage is going to be wrong. Right. So a, a supplement comes out that, that they do studies on double blind placebo, like legit university studies. And it looks really promising. And five years later, we're like, yep, it wasn't. And so I think that's be- maybe a better way of saying that with Huberman. Atia is much more engrossed in like this is, you know, again, the traditional ortho. like we've really can take this now. We've really can hone it for what is just really traditional and like the way to do things like he can, he can figure it out. Like here's the best way to do cardio to make sure that you have the best cardiovascular benefit and VO two max improvement. And these are the baselines that you should have. And I, I like that about Atia. Huberman's really on the cutting edge. And it means that everything he says, I think is authentic, but not everything is going to work. And so I think that would be my feedback for Huberman. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of his stuff. Um, it's sort of like the conspiracy theory people, right? Where, a lot of the stuff they're saying is true. And then Huberman, yeah, I've listened to podcasts where he's like, here's the different ways to like sun your junk. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. not doing that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. neat study, yeah. whatever. But, but I think you're right. right. That's part of being on the cutting edge. Um, yep. Next one on here, Renaissance periodization, Mike Isretel. Did I say that right? Yeah. You never, I'm, I appreciate that you've never heard of these guys because they are probably my biggest competitors. Interesting. Okay. Right, so yeah. I've never said this. So this is a, this is a breaking news. No, these guys are great. Yeah. Renaissance periodization. Great. Um, they put out incredible high quality content. Um, they've got good books. They've got good videos. They are primarily competitive in the nutrition field for us. So they do online nutrition coaching. Primarily they do strength as well. I would, I would even go so far as to say they're, they might be the best nutrition online nutrition coaching company in the world. And I think we're the best strength coaching company in the world. And one day some company should just buy us both up and, and, put us together and we would have a juggernaut. And so um, they, they do, they do great stuff. Uh, Mike Israel and all the guys that are running Renaissance, I think they're open about PED use. Um, they've been competitive bodybuilders. Um, again, I would never throw the baby out with the bathwater. He's a, he's a doctor. He's a Mike Israel is a PhD. He's one of the founders of that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's incredibly knowledgeable. So again, I'd be very careful about when people are, you know, clearly have used PEDs or, or are, or, but don't lie about it. Uh, that doesn't mean that the content they put out isn't any good because the vast majority of people, I mean, the vast, vast majority of people they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis don't use that stuff. And so, you know, this kind of next round of people, I would say this, um, are really some of our competitors. I mean, 
Ripitoin starting strength. We, I didn't talk about this the first time I was on your show, but I came out of that family and out of that world. Um, we have a long history, including a lawsuit between between us, which I'm not allowed to talk about. Um, but listen, Ripito is a great strength coach. Yeah, uh, maybe the best that's ever lived, and it pains me to say it, but he, but it's true. And he was my mentor growing up, and uh, and and Bill Starr was his. And um, but I think he gets caught up in that cult of personality stuff, right? He is really gruff and really angry, and that's kind of his personality and persona. And when you think of starting strength, you think of Mark Ripito, and um, and so that's Rip. And so out of that family came us, came Barbell Logic, came Barbell Medicine, which was like Jordan Feigenbaum and Austin Baraki. These guys are doctors, medical doctors, and they they're more in that field. They're strength conditioning coaches for competitive lifters, and they do a, put out a lot of good content about. Um, medical stuff and uh, they're smart. Alan Thrall is a barbell medicine coach as well. Alan Thrall was a huge influencer for many years before he was even part of barbell medicine and a starting strength coach. And again, great guy, extremely authentic, um, you know, just puts out high quality content and doesn't try to sell anything. That's what's amazing. And it's like Alan's great. Uh, Lane Norton is one of the biggest, best nutrition coaches in the world. Um, he has an app. I haven't used his app, but, um, he is, um, he's a competitive powerlifter. He's been a competitive bodybuilder. I don't know if he's talked about using performance enhancing drugs. My guess would be that he has, but I, I don't care. Uh, he's a doctor as well as a PhD as well. Um, these guys all put out high quality information. Jim Windler is the five, three, one guy. A lot of your, you know, again, comes out of that. Uh, there's a lot of crossover there from the old school West side barbell, Louis Simmons, who learned from the Russians, um, and got passed down to that West Side Barbell crew, which Jim Windler was a part of, and he wrote five through one. Five through one is just a simple, hard, effective program. I've got versions of that I use all the time with my clients. As a matter of fact, at some point, we'll probably use something a similar thing of five through one when you run out of linear progression in your. That's a great thing to go to. Um, Chad Wesley Smith from Juggernaut. Those guys are good. They know what they're doing. They're a little more towards advanced. They coach mostly competitive lifters mm. and we coach mostly middle-aged normal people. Yeah. And, um, but I think if you're a competitive lifter, a high quality, a high class competitive lifter, whether that's powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting or Chad Wesley Smith was a, a champion shot putter. Uh, those guys know their stuff. They're, they're good. They put out high quality content as well. And so all of that, that group of people that you see that we kind of talked about on the list, those would be my competitors. Uh, but I, I don't think they'll steer you wrong. And, you know, certainly I, I think that we bring if you're that middle aged normal dude, uh, I think we probably fit that mold a little better than what a lot of these other. There's a lot of these personalities. Most of these are bigger personalities than us, because if you train or coach other really good world class athletes, it drives up the your notability and your you know, and so they they'll end up with more followers because they're also coaching world class powerlifters mm-hmm. and world class Olympic weightlifters. And we've got some really good lifters, some really good high level lifters at Barbell Logic. But again, we haven't really focused toward that. Like, I don't need the world champion powerlifter. By the way, I mean, I did that for years. That's what I that's who I coached. But as I've gotten older, uh, you know, in my middle ages, I want to coach guys like me. I want to coach guys like you. That's what who we want to coach. And so so that's that's that crew. Um, do we move on? You yeah, go to the next yeah one? absolutely. So Athlean X, have you seen Athlean X videos on YouTube? No. This is probably the biggest single, honestly, the biggest single influencer, fitness influencer in the world is really? probably Athlean X. I forget the guy's name. Um, he's totally legit. He's fine. Um, you know, his videos, uh, he makes high quality content. 
it's got a lot of people into the fitness world. I think we we've had a lot of clients come to us at Barbell Logic over the years that were initially exposed on YouTube from Athlete X's videos. It's a middle-aged dude. He's really lean. I don't know if he's clean. I have no idea. Um, but he just makes like kind of short, easy to consume videos on YouTube. They're highly produced and and uh, they're not super deep. And so it's great for kind of intro people kind of learning what they're doing. Right. Um, from there, you've got you've got guys like the I, I would say guys like the squat university guy, knees over toes. Chris Duffin, who's a world champion, was a world champion powerlifter. They're all kind of in the movement space of of kind of rehab or maybe I would call it prehab of trying to move well or rehab knees, rehab joints. And they're pretty good. All of them are just fine. Squat University, he, he, uh, that guy came out with a book last year called Rebuilding Milo on Amazon. I have no connection, never spoken to him in my life. Book, the book's pretty dang good for rehab. So if you've got torn up knees, torn up elbows, tendonitis, things like that, Rebuilding Milo is a pretty good book. Um, knees Over Toes, that guy is, has just exploded on the scene over the last couple of years. And same sort of thing. I think the guy just had really bad knees. I actually don't know what his background is from an education experience. My guess is it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. The guy just had terrible knees and he, and he read and studied and learned as much as he could and then put that into use and, and figured out how to rehab things like, like knees and, uh, or other joints. And so, um, Duffin is uh, very smart. He's an engineer actually. So he doesn't have a, a education background in, in like health. Uh, the guy's just super smart, super smart, super strong. Uh, I wouldn't agree with all the stuff that he says. There's a lot of kind of, I don't frou-frou chakra sort of, I don't know, yeah, uh, sort of stuff, uh, balance and things like that, that maybe it's fine. Uh, it's just not really exactly what we do. And so, and then, and then my last, we talked about a little bit about like Paul Saladino and Sean Baker, who are the two primary carnivore guys. And they've got a little battle going on between them, but I think they're both totally authentic. Yeah. Um, if I remember right, Sean Baker's really, a you know, eat meat, uh, vegetables are a waste. Um, and he's not a big organ meats guy. If I, I think if I get this right, oh yeah, he Saladino's doesn't. The, he does. He said he, it, somebody asked him that recently because of liver King. And he was like, Hey, if you want to eat organs, yeah. great. Saladino is more like head, head, you know, nose to tail. Yes. He's, he's more the organ meat guy. Yeah. Um, I think organ meats are fine. I mean, it, look, it's if, if you're going to be carnivore, I think my general argument there is the micronutrient content in, in liver and organ meats if, is extremely high. So if you're not going to be eating vegetables, which is the other place that we tend to get a lot of those micronutrients, then I think getting them from organ meat is a great place to go. Um, and I, I love organ. I just, there are ways to cook organ meat to make it taste really good. So if you're, you know, I do remember as a kid, my mom would occasionally make like beef liver and onions and it was awful. <laughs> it was awful because she overcooked it so much. It was overcooked yeah. liver and it gets super bitter and disgusting. But if you cook it to a medium rare and you do it right, it's delicious. It's perfectly, it's wonderful. So uh, there are ways to do that. And so, those are those are some of the you know again some of those influencers I would say and some of them are bigger influencers than others some of them have tried to drive more of the business side or the or the brand side um, but I think all of those guys for the most part are authentic um, I certainly don't agree I mean I can find things I disagree with every person on that list except for maybe Atia because right now he's just on another level I think what what he's putting out um, Mark Bell is a is a huge fitness personality, uh, super training gym, you know, his, his brother, Chris is a makes movies and, and he made the original, the bigger, faster, stronger, bigger, stronger, faster. One of those, 
about performance enhancing drugs. Oh, Mark Bell talked about how he took a ton of. Oh, you never seen this? No, no, I Dude, haven't. You watch this video. You gotta watch a movie. It's it used to be on Netflix forever. It probably still is. Yeah, Chris Bell. If you look up Chris Bell, he's actually a really good director. He's made he's made um, documentaries about the opioid crisis and. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but my issue with those guys, with Mark, and they've been on Joe Rogan, Mark and Chris both. Mark Bell, super training. He he owns a company. Um, they sell things. They sell knee sleeves and elbow sleeves. And then their most famous, their most popular product is something called the Slingshot, which is a it's a it's a like a big elastic band that goes across your chest and goes across both arms, and it can kind of help rehab shoulder injuries and pec injuries. And so. Um, he has a very popular podcast. Uh, my issue with the bells is they seem to be easily swayed by the charlatans. Mm. And so all of these people who we've talked about earlier in the show that were like, yeah, you should have major red flags here. I don't know if he's just playing the political game to just try to like not ever make enemies or just be friends with everybody. But in the end, if people are, are really, you know, you've got, you've obviously you've got an audience that listens to you every single week, every single episode, and if you steer them wrong, if it comes out that I'm a charlatan, which I'm not, but if I, if it does, like you're going to lose credibility with your audience. Sure. And so for Mark Bell, he, he continues to have charlatans and kind of weirdos on his show and doesn't ask the hard hitting questions, which if you want to have them on the show, have them on the show, but ask them the hard questions. And he just takes their word for it. So he takes Liver King's word for it. Well, just, you know, take your word for it. Like, well, dude, come on. You've been on Mark Bell's been on performance enhancing drugs his whole life and, has, and says so. You know what a guy that's on performance hands drugs looks like. You have to know he's on. So now you're just playing this political game because Liver King's rising. He's very, you know, it's, and so I think he just looks at it another way to, 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 you know, drive up his own brand by being friends with all the other brands that are kind of the rising tides that raise all ships. And so I think that's probably what's going on with the bells. Um, Mark is uh, not a smart guy, not educated. That's <laughs> so bad. Uh, I think he's a perfectly good guy. I think he's a good dude. He's just not very smart. He's your typical sort of big meathead power lifter guy that that uh, was a big, super strong, jacked, powerful and fat power lifter <laughs> and lost a ton of weight and got really lean and really jacked. And so he really looks the part and he runs all the time. He still lifts and he runs half marathons. He ran 15 miles yesterday and you know, he's got a lot of that stuff. So he really looks the part. It's really driven up his his persona that, again, that kind of cult of personality. So that's a lot of what's going on with with Mark Bell. Um, and that's kind of my that's kind of my list of people. So, yeah, I wouldn't trust Mark that much. Most of those other guys I talked about, they're perfectly trustworthy. And again, I, I could find places I disagree with them, but they're pretty good. And again, the, the thread that ties all of them together is they they really stay within within the family of orthodoxy. Like this is the tried and true methods. And so these tried and true methods work. None of them try to claim special revelation. Some people are certainly more cantankerous than others. <clears throat> Mark Crypto. And so try to create more and sort of, they, you know, they sort of try to create, I think, building of their brand by being, you know, angry or or whatever, con- controversial or. Yeah. And so confrontational. Um, but for the most part, I think you, these these guys are trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions I want to ask you uh, as we kind of wrap up the show, we've seen this interplay. I, at least I have a lot on social media. So I've been talking about carnivore. I've been talking about, you know, the, the barbell logic lifting. Uh, one of the things that I've seen is a lot of pushback from overweight pastors 
um, on, you know, why, why are these young Christian guys so obsessed with their fitness? Surely it's vanity. Um, sure. and, and I've kind of, you know, for the most part, I've kind of ignored it because I think in a way it almost answers itself. Like, well, you can look at the rise in chronic disease with obesity and clearly we have this problem, I think in the church, uh, with, you know, you've, you've got the rise of the beta males, you know, you've got, sure. Uh, guys who don't have strength, even for myself, I was saying like, I think in the last episode we did like, wow, I'm too scrawny. I need to, you know, I need to work on this. This is something that I have to take seriously. So uh, just your thoughts there. I know your worlds kind of intersect with the church as well too. Um, and our friend, Brandon, you know, we've, we've talked about, um, the importance of being physically strong. I guess that my question for you is just like, why do you think this is going on with a generation of guys who are overweight in the pastorate um, and, and then these young guys who don't seem to be that like, we want to be strong. What, what, what do you, you think is going on there? Yeah. Well, and you know, you obviously this, the, the age old saying, there's a ditch on both sides of the road. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You've got the, you've got the over aesthetic ditch and you've got the, I don't care anything about aesthetics or yeah. health or longevity ditch on the other side of the road. And so I will say, you know, we talked about Brandon, Brandon Lansdowne's my pastor. He is a, he's an animal. Uh, we went on a crazy. <laughs> yeah, he told me to I ask you about cam- that. <laughs> I thought it was a camping trip. It ended up being 4.5 miles of <laughs> rock climbing before we camped. I was like, I thought we were just camping. I almost died. Uh, he had to carry my bag for me. So much. quite embarrassing, by the way. And it wasn't because I was like out of shape. It was because I had to climb rocks and I was like, dude, I'm 275 and I got a big pack. So, you know, he 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 walks the walk and talks the talk for sure. Um. And so I, you know, I, I think what you end up with is, you know, t- coming back to Tanner, Tanner talks a lot about Tanner uh, Guzzi talks a lot about your appearance communicates something, mm. whether you say anything or not, your appearance communicates and you have an opportunity to make it communicate what you want. And so um, if I see, first off, if I see the liver king, who's a guy that a lot of people would say is like super healthy and super jacked, I would look at that and be like, that guy's on drugs. He's actually not that healthy. He's, you know, he's on the, he's in the ditch on the right. And there is a happy medium. But then I would also look at the 400 pound pastor and be like, this guy doesn't know how to steward his body. Yeah. And this is a problem. This is, you know, and so, um, you know, the same guys that'll yell about too much weightlifting or, you know, drinking whiskey every once in a while or whatever will weigh 400 pounds. And I I think the reality is we've got to be really careful about throwing stones And, you know, none of us have got this thing figured out and we all have our issues and vices and things that we probably struggle with for sure um, are are bents towards iniquities. And um, and I think one of the things that happens with pastors, they're rationalizing the fact that when they're 400 pounds, like, yeah, but I'm I'm spiritually really healthy. Like, okay, great, except that we're we're not just called to be spiritually healthy. Like, that's right. We're you know, we're we're called to steward all of this. Well, yeah. And so, you know. I want to be careful the way I say this again. I think this should be looked at as a red flag and certainly not as an accusation, but the person who can't, and by, Oh, by the way, and let me just say I'm preaching to myself right now, big time. I've been very convicted over this lately. My, it's been a, one of the busiest six weeks, uh, most stressful six weeks of my business career and my own fitness and health are, aren't great. I got done training this morning. Didn't want to do it. Did the thing, you know, you do the stuff, but like, I'm not in a great spot at this moment. Um, I think when you see somebody who is clearly out of shape, the fat pastor, then they have a they have a, a stewardship and a discipline problem at a personal level. So they have a problem with with 
with uh, personal discipline. Immediately, I start to red flag. Well, then how is their discipline with finances? How is their discipline with, you know, in their marriage or in their in their fatherhood or whatever the other things are like, you know, you know, can they do they keep their house in order? Is there, you know, they get up and make their bed every morning, Jordan Peterson sort of stuff. I mean, is it like because these are all really comes from the same thing. And so a lot of times I think guys will look like they get have it all together in one in one area. And they want to push into where they're strong and just like rationalize the other stuff doesn't matter. And the reality is, is that we all have weaknesses somewhere. And that weakness might be literally in the weight room or might literally be in, you know, learning how to put your fork down and stop putting crap in your mouth. Uh, But it also may be that, you know, your weakness is that you don't pick up your Bible enough and you don't get in the word and you're not you don't understand the gospel. And, And so, you know, I think for us, one of the things that we're called to do is find out, find that weakness. That's what discipleship is. And I, listen, I don't think discipleship is squatting. I don't, it's not saying that at all. Um, but there are things that we can look at and say, I don't have good control over X in my life. Mm. And that might be spiritual and it might be emotional. It might be, you know, a call to love your wife as Christ has loved the church. And it might be physical. And I think whatever that is, I think it's not okay to rationalize that you're not healthy there. And so whether that is the young guy who's too much into BAP and being on the, and just like being tan and jacked and beautiful <laughs> yeah. and whatever, or whether it's the fat pastor on the other side in the other ditch. And, you know, I think there are certainly healthy places to be where all of that can be prioritized correctly. Yeah. It's such a great point. And I think too, I, I've always noticed that like when you say you address the body and you discipline your body, it makes things like, well, I woke up at four to weightlift, oh, well, that's going to impact my spiritual life too. Now I suddenly have time to read my Bible and pray and yeah. if we can discipline all of it. And I think, like you said, viewing ourselves as whole people is really, really huge. Uh, Matt, For sure. I appreciate having you on the show. Uh, we'll include links in the show notes where people can follow along with your content, uh, including on YouTube. You guys have some great, well, I've been watching them over and over again uh, per my coach. But uh, so working on for you'll screw something up and I'll put it in and I'll be like, you should watch this. Video. You should watch this video. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, exactly by the right. way, I was going to say, so uh, your Barbell Logic link is Barbell Barbell Logic dot com slash Hardman. Yep. Is that right? That's correct. For your for your affiliate link. So listeners use that because it helps Eric in the show. But uh, I, I had my um, CIO. I had my whatever the guy that runs my computer, my our website open up a few spots for me. I'm always closed. That specifically for Hardman listeners. So if you oh, actually nice. want me to coach you, I'm only going to open up two or three. Um, but if you, if you, then all you have to do is you go to your link. So the barbellogic.com slash Hardman and just in the notes, when you check out, just say, I request Matt Reynolds and they'll, and they'll assign you to me. Awesome. And then you get to actually coach me. Yeah. So which I would, coach Eric has. I would definitely recommend. I think uh, you guys have had some holiday deals too. No. We do. So we, one, we always run your first, if you just want to do our regular deal, your first month is always a hundred percent free. There's no questions asked. You can cancel on day 30. You can just test it out. We've removed all the friction this time of year. We all, all will always do a big annual member. So if you want to do an annual membership at a massive discount, you can do that as well. So uh, if you want to pony up the cash up front, you can do that and you get a big deal and a, a huge uh, reduction in, in price. Uh, or if you're like, yeah, I'm not so sure about it, then just sign up and don't pay anything your first month. And You don't get charged till day one of month two, which is pretty cool. Perfect. Well, I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks again. Thanks, brother. 
And finally, the moment you've all been waiting for in this show is Mr. Hardman podcast, always referred to in the third person. Is he natty or not natty? Well, of course, my friends, the answer is all natty, all natty to the core. Unless, of course, you consider that I drink liquid death. That's right. Liquid death, sparkling water gives me the edge. There's no testicle eating. There's no raw liver eating uh, to speak of at this point, but uh, just some liquid death lime flavor, if you please. And uh, yeah, other than that, all natty for Mr. Hardman podcast. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Hardman podcast. Great as always talking with Mr. Matt Reynolds from Barbell Logic. Uh, by the way, I plugged their online coaching. Uh, Matt is my coach, as I've said. If you get the opportunity and have the desire, go ahead and check out barbelllogic.com slash hardmen. We'll provide links for that in the show notes. That is my affiliate link with them. By all means, if you're looking to get strong, improve your game with the barbells, Barbell Logic is a great option for you. And of course, I love my coaching. By the way, in the show, Matt did make uh, make us aware that he's got some spots open. So if you are looking for some really fantastic top tier online coaching, Matt is your guy. I promise you will not be disappointed. First 30 days are always free. You can also check out some holiday deals that Barbell Logic has going on. Finally, we do want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Really appreciate your support of this show. Could not do it without you. If you've enjoyed this content and you want to see more of it, go over to Patreon. Check the link in the show notes for my Patreon. You can become a supporter for as little as $5 a month. Also, be sure to check out erichon.com. You can pick up your swag, including the Virtus t-shirt. I'm always wearing mine while barbell lifting. And uh, yeah, they're great. You can get them in all cotton if you're not into polyester on your skin. Protect that testosterone. So we've got an all cotton version. You can also get a polyester version if you so choose. Thanks for listening to this episode. And until next time, stay frosty, fight the good fight, act like men.